0: And we are going to be reading from Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 26, the fruits of the Spirit. Starting at 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Matt, and don't worry about the microphone during the prayer. You projected very well, so I'm sure we all were able to hear you. Uh, A couple things uh, just before we get started. First of all, there is, if you want, there is a little outline of the message to follow along uh, on the last page of the bulletin that might help you uh, to keep track of where I am. It often helps me keep track of where I am, so (laughs) we'll both follow it together. How's that sound? Uh, The other thing is, uh, one of the things we we do here is we like to have a little bit of interaction at Grace Valley with with the message after it's preached. If there are questions that people have, they are free to ask those questions, and you can do that by raising your hand, or if you'd prefer to remain anonymous in asking your question, you can also text your question to me. Uh, The number there is, uh, it's in the bulletin, so you can text your questions to me. I was told to remind people of that at the start of the message, because when I ask people at the end of the message, they're like kind of shell-shocked, and they go, oh, maybe I do have a question, and then they don't get it out before we move on. So this way, it's in your head, maybe, uh, as we make our way through the text together. All right, so for those of you who are visiting, just so you know, we have been making our way through uh, Paul's letter to the Galatians, and we are, we are sitting here in chapter 5 because this is a really, really, really important chapter to understand the arguments that Paul has been making and uh, the defense that he's been taking up for his own cause. What I mean is this. Paul had planted these churches in Galatia, they had been thriving and he had moved on and then he had gotten wind of something that was happening, which was that there were were people from Jerusalem who had followed Paul to these churches in Galatia and had been saying to the people there, uh, basically Paul hasn't given you the whole message, he hasn't given you the whole story, he's told you about a very important part, which is that you are saved from your sins by the finished work of Jesus Christ in His death and resurrection. And that is incredibly important. Without that, you had no hope of being reconciled to God. However, they said, there's more to it than that. They said that part of being reconciled to God includes... You obeying the Old Testament laws that were given to Moses many, many centuries ago. And you need to adopt those laws as part of your lifestyle if you are really going to be in God's favor. Remember, Paul is talking, or sorry, these people were talking to churches in Galatia which were made up of primarily non-Jewish people, people from non-Jewish backgrounds. So they had previously not followed any of these laws. And Paul writes the letter to Galatians to say that is completely wrong. It is deadly wrong, in fact. You believe that, and you don't actually believe the true gospel that I taught you when I first arrived. I told you there is only one way that you can be made right with God, and that is through the man Jesus Christ and putting your trust in Him. If you even whiff, no, sniff, that's what I meant. If you even sniff at adding to that work by your obedience, you kill the whole thing. So then these guys were saying, what? Oh, look at that. These guys were arguing, well, that means, therefore, that Paul, he doesn't really care about obedience. Paul is, he's kind of soft on, on obedience. He says, hey, you know, believe in Jesus and live any way you want. He's an antinomian, they said, against law. And now in chapter five, Paul has been explaining. In detail, how that is not true. That in fact, if you believe that you are saved primarily, you are saved entirely. Sorry, by Jesus Christ, and it is all of grace, and there is nothing you can do to actually uh, uh, add to. There is nothing you can do to uh, accomplish your salvation. Nothing you can do to contribute to your salvation. He says that is actually a better motivation for obedience than the old way. Okay, by the way, if, if, if I look like a, like a chicken with only one wing when I'm talking and I'm going like this, it's because I got a cortisone shot in my shoulder Thursday afternoon, noon, and it is like excruciatingly painful now and I, can, I can't like move it, I can hardly move it at all. So that's why I'm going like this. <laughs> so, now you know. I wasn't going to say anything and still I started talking and thinking, boy, I look stupid, why, do I, why am I doing that? Okay, so, so here we are this, this morning in this, this passage that is extremely well-known to people who have been reading the Bible for a long time. It's a passage on the fruit of the Spirit. Now, you know, when, you know uh, there are these pictures on the internet that you can look at that are um, the longer you look at them, the more you see, you know what I mean? Like, if you just look at it, you go, oh, that's a picture of whatever, and then as you continue to look at it, there's more and more and more that comes up. So, for example, there's you can Google this. There's this picture of Shia LaBeouf. He's an actor. Anyhow, it, it looks like he's just standing under a tree by a lake. But if you stare at this picture longer, you come to realize that actually every other part of that picture, not just him, but the rest of the picture as well, is actually made up of little pixels of his, of his face. Okay, so the longer... This is a really lousy illustration, but the longer you look at it, the the more you see. My point is this. There are passages and there are phrases in the Bible that are very, very much like that. They're very familiar to us, things like the fruit of the Spirit, that we think we know because maybe we've heard them so many times before, but they are so packed that if we would just slow down for a minute, and meditate on that phrase, and think about it, and mull it over, like suck on it, like a hard candy kind of thing, that we would actually discover how deep and profound they really, really are. This this is one of those phrases. If you're here this morning and you are not a Christian, as we unpack this, this passage, hopefully you'll understand a little better why those Christians you do know are the way they are, And if you are a Christian here this morning, hopefully as we unpack this phrase together, the fruit of the Spirit, you're going to understand a little bit better your own heart and what it means for you to progress as a follower of Jesus Christ over your faith journey, okay? Because that's what Galatians 5 is all about. It's all about how we advance, how we progress, so to speak, in our development of Christian character, okay? And remember, Paul is calling us to bear what's called the fruit of the Spirit. So this metaphor is what we're going to look at uh, together for a few minutes this morning. We're going to see four things just from this phrase, the fruit of the Spirit, and Paul's employment of this metaphor. We're going to discover that advancement in the Christian faith, growing in the Christian faith is gradual, It is inevitable, it is cultivated, and it is shared. All those things come out of these four words, fruit of the Spirit. Okay? Here we go. Let's, Let's go to work. First of all, what do we learn about Christian growth and advancement from this phrase? We learn that Christian growth, developing in the characteristics that God wants to see in His children, in His people, Is gradual. Paul says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. That's what he says in verse 22. But he says that it is is fruit. Growing in your faith is like bearing fruit. Okay. What does that mean? Well, for one thing, that means it's going to take a long time. Growing as a Christian is not something that happens overnight, it's not something that's instant. Uh, at my old place where I used to live, a number of years ago, I planted apple trees. And I went and I got them from a nursery. They were bare root apple trees. And the guy I got them from, he said, you can expect to see some fruit in about three to four years. I was like, what? I got to wait three or four years? Put these things in the ground and I got to wait three or four years to see apples? He said, yeah. And in fact, if if you plant an apple tree from seed It takes six to ten years before you'll see the first fruit. And that first fruit is often very small. It's often, you know, kind of scrawny looking, and there's not a lot of it. That's how how it works. And Paul, in employing this metaphor, when he says, bear the fruit of the Spirit, he's saying, look, the same is true for you and for me. When you become a follower of Jesus Christ... The changes that happen inside of you are not instant. And I want non Christians in the room to really think about this too, because you might have this idea in your head that to be a Christian means to simply behave a certain way. And so when you come across someone who says, Yes, I'm a believer, oh, yeah, you're a Christian, when did you become a Christian? Oh, I became a Christian two years ago. And you think, You're kind of a jerk. How does that work? Well, it works this way because to grow as a follower of Jesus Christ takes time. If you have been struggling with addiction and you become a follower of Jesus Christ and you surrender your life to Him, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden you no longer have cravings for your addictions anymore. You don't just, you'll still give in. You will fall off the wagon or, it is fall off the wagon, right? That will happen to you. If you you have an issue with a bad temper and you become a follower of Jesus Christ, you will continue to have an issue with a bad temper. You will still lose your temper. If If you bear grudges, if you have a hard time forgiving people and you become a follower of Jesus Christ, even though you know that He has forgiven you for way more than you need to forgive anybody else for, and He did it before you were even sorry about it, you'll still have a hard time forgiving. You'll struggle with that because it's slow. It's slow. And, you know, sometimes it can be, it's so slow. You can see, it it feels like you're seeing almost no growth at all, even though it's happening. You know, it's funny, when you have kids, right, they're in your space all the time. You see them all the time, right? I don't mean that in a negative way. They're just there and you see them all the time, and, and you don't notice that they're growing from day to day, right? But then, you know, you have a family member that comes over and visits, and they go, whoa, man, look how you've grown. And you go, oh, yeah, I didn't even notice that. That's right, they have grown. Like, our, one of our sons, he's grown, like, I think, four inches in six months or something crazy like that. And we don't really see that until someone points it out. Or how about, how about this? Your weight, right? You think everything's fine, right? And then Christmas season, you go through all that and then you put on those jeans you haven't worn for a while and you're like, oh, oh, oh what happened to me? I didn't know. Sometimes we're growing spiritually even and it, and it, and it, doesn't, even, it doesn't even seem to register. We don't notice it. This is, this is what this means, application time. You gotta be patient. You gotta be patient. Look, you are all... The vast majority here are modern people. You have been born and raised in this modern culture that is fast-moving and instant. We expect instant results. We expect instant gratification. So that when you watch TV, I still, this is the example I always want to use because it, it shocked me when I saw it. You know how you watch TV sometimes and then there's these exercise machines? You know, you don't have to work an hour a day. You only have to work 30 minutes a day. You're like, oh, that's nice, cut that down. And then you see, no, this machine lets you work only 15, 14 minutes a day. And then, and then you think, that's incredible. And then you find on, on TV there's a commercial, and, and I actually saw this, for an exercise machine, four minutes a day. Four, and you should have seen the guys on the thing. They were so chiseled, right? Four minutes a day, full body workout. And you can look and feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger or one of these kind of characters. Now, we all know it's ridiculous, but that's what we want. We want these instant results. But listen, you have been saved by grace, not by your goodness. You have been saved by Jesus living and dying for you, not by your ability to display joy, peace, patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self control you need to let those things develop in you and when you don't see them developing to the extreme, to the at the speed at which you want to see it don't be discouraged you can easily be so discouraged you know you maybe you're thinking well I I'm pretty easy on myself so I don't have that problem but I'm you know This is weird, I'll say I'm your pastor. I'm not really anybody's pastor here yet officially, but I am your pastor. I know many of you, you're a part of this community, and I love you, and I need to be told this. Because if anybody is most impatient with your spiritual growth, it'll probably be me. (laughs) And so this does not, we don't need to be discouraged by this, we need to actually be encouraged by this. Because you know what, look, your growth, your spiritual growth, can only be measured. Okay? And it can be measured. You know, you may not feel like you're bearing fruit, but you can test it. If I ask you, do you feel kind? Do you feel joyful? Maybe joyful is one you can feel. Do you feel patient? You you, you might say, well, kinda, yeah, kinda. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I do. Ask a kid. So do you feel taller than you did last year? <laughs> do you feel faster than you were last year? They've got bigger muscles, you know, they've got a better, more developed physique, all that kind of stuff. But do they actually feel it? No, the way you find out if they're taller is you go up to that wall in your house where you've been measuring them on the same date every year and you check, right? Or you pull out the stopwatch and you say, now run the 100 meter." You you test it to find out. It's the same thing with the weight gain. You get on the scale. Do you feel heavier? Well, maybe sometimes you do feel heavier. But you put on the dress pants or you put on the whatever. Listen. Growth in the graces that are described here, in the fruit that is described here, is dynamic and it is mysterious and it is often invisible. That's why Bonhoeffer says, it's on the, on the cover of your, of your uh, bulletin, it says, Fruit is always the miraculous, the created. It is never the result of willing, but always of growth. The fruit of the Spirit is a gift of God, and only He can produce it. They who bear it know as little about it as the tree knows its fruit. They know only the power of Him on whom their life depends often this growth that is developing in you is invisible in the day to day if you want to measure it if you want to know how do you how do you find out if you're growing here's a great way ask somebody close to you ask them ask if you're married ask your spouse if you're Dating, ask that person you're dating. If you're a parent, ask your kids. That's a scary one. Your kids will probably be more brutally honest with you than anybody else will. Ask people in your life who know you deeply, who care about you very much, are you seeing this fruit being grown in my life? Are you seeing it develop in my life? And what if they say no? What if they say no? What if they say not much? Will you be crushed by that? Will you be depressed by that? Maybe, but you don't have to be. And here's why. Point number two, the fruit of the Spirit, advancement in, the Christian, in, in developing Christian character is inevitable. Even if it's gradual, even though there's times where it may look like there's not much happening. And you know what? Just for, for your information, there are times where it looks like you, where you seem to grow very, very quickly. You know, there are times I, there are times when the conditions are right you drive down the highway up in Flamborough, and you it literally looks like you can watch the corn grow right in front of your eyes, doesn't it? Because the conditions are right to cause tremendous growth. And there are times in your life where the conditions may be right to ca- cause tremendous growth, but there are also times in your life where everything looks like it's dormant and there's not much happening at all. It doesn't mean there's nothing happening at all. Look at winter time. The trees look like they're dead but their roots are going deeper. They're still gathering, getting minerals from the, from the soil. They're still growing, but, but, but they're being prepared to bear fruit. And that may be the case in your life. And you can take comfort in knowing that it's the fruit of the Spirit, and therefore it's inevitable. Paul does not say, grow the fruit of hum- human character. He says, this is the fruit of the Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. Everything you know about God the Father, that He is all-powerful, that He is all-knowing, that He is all-gracious, that He is all-good, that He is all-loving, all these things, all that you know about Him, are true of the Holy Spirit. You go to the Old Testament, you know whenever the presence of God shows up, it's crazy things happen, okay? It's 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 like a fireworks show in the middle of a hurricane. There's light and there's smoke and there's earthquakes and there's wind. And there's fire. Why? Because of the raw, awesome presence of the glory of God is coming down. If you read it, it, you can read about it in Exodus 19 when God meets with Israel on the mountain. You can read about it in in 2 Chronicles 7 where God, after Solomon prays at the dedication of the temple, the presence of God, the Shekinah glory of God comes down and it actually inhabits the the, 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 the temple. And all the people who were there, they had to duck for cover. They had to bury their heads because they were terrified at the presence of God because it was so glorious and so powerful. Okay. The fruit of the Spirit means that all that power, all that glory, all that majesty resides in you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if you want to put your sinful nature and your self-centeredness and your ego up against the almighty creator of heaven and earth, I can tell you who's going to win every time. He will, right? There's a preacher by the name of G. Campbell Morgan who has this great illustration. He talks about how he was in Italy uh, on a tour and he visited a cemetery. And in this cemetery was this very, very old grave which had a massive, marble, thick marble slab on top of it. And it was like 500 years old. But somehow, an acorn had gotten in under this massive marble slab and gotten into the grave, and it had somehow gotten root and it started to grow. And now, 500 years later, this oak tree had basically split that marble slab in half and grown up right through this this grave. And common sense will tell you, right? 1,000-pound marble slab, little acorn, who's going to win? No contest every time. It's the acorn. That botanical growth, slow, methodical, but inevitable, overpowers. And the Holy Spirit, He may work slowly in you, but He works inevitably in you. So take comfort now here's what this means this means okay two things application time again whenever I you want the good news or the bad news first bad news right okay bad news first here you go you got to ask yourself some tough questions are you growing at all or as we said don't ask yourself ask people in your life are you growing at all Like, what's the sign of life? What's the sign of life? The only sign of life is growth, right? And so you need to look for that growth. And if you don't see it, you do not, do not, do not say, I got to muster up some joy and peaceful and patience and self-control and kindness and gentleness. Don't do that. No. Go back to the gospel. You got to go back to Jesus Christ. You got to go back to Him, seeing Him, the Son of God, living and dying for you. You need to repent. That's what you need to do. That's the bad news, but here's the good news. You should take comfort in this. It is the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of the Christian. You can tell yourself, I should be more joyful. I'm just such a crank. Or I should be more patient. I'm just antsy. Or I should be more self-controlled. I just got to get a hold of myself. Or I should be more faithful. I'm, I'm too easily swayed or, or, or scared of what people think of me. Whatever. Good luck. You won't get very far. But the Holy Spirit will make you. If you are united to Jesus, He will make you more like Jesus. He will bear that fruit in you. And so you should never, ever, 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 ever give up on yourself or on anybody else that you know who is a Christian. Never give up. Do not say to yourself, that's just the way I am. I come from a long line of hotheads and I'm a hothead too. My dad's a redhead. My dad is a redhead. Don't give yourself that out, but also don't bury yourself in fatalism, the Holy Spirit, He is not a fatalist. He will overcome your addiction. He will overcome your bitterness. He will overcome your discontent. He will overcome your lack of self-control. He will overcome your anxiety or your self-pity. He will overcome. And you can take great comfort in that. Third thing. The fruit of the Spirit is not just gradual or inevitable, it is also cultivated. It is cultivated, not exercised or utilized. Now, this one's tricky, but it is hugely, hugely important. Paul, when he lists the fruit of the Spirit, what does he say? He says it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. He says it's all these things. Does he say it's leading? Does he say it's preaching? Does he say it's administration or counseling or singing or dancing? No, right? Those things are outward abilities. They're they're talents. They're gifts. No, he says it's love. It's joy. It's peace. Don't confuse fruit with talents or gifts. Don't. Preaching, administration, singing, leading, these kinds of very important things, they are to be used for service in God's kingdom, for the church, for the betterment of the community, absolutely. But don't mistake them for bearing fruit. They are not signs of life. See, you can can exercise gifts and abilities and talents without bearing fruit. For example... We have engaged groups at Grace Valley. Uh, These are small groups that meet to talk about the sermon and talk about each other's lives and pray together and eat meals together. And if you want to be part of one, please talk to me. They're super awesome. You'll love it. Give it a try. But we have, if you're an engaged group leader, you might have someone come up to you and say, you know, I've just been loving engaged. I mean, you've been leading so well. I've been growing in my faith, and, and it's been so good for me. And you might be thinking to yourself, ha! People are being changed through me, through my ministry. I'm bearing fruit. No, you're not. They're bearing fruit through your gifts. They're bearing fruit, and that's wonderful, but don't assume that because people are growing in their relationship with Jesus because of your ministry, that that means you're growing in your relationship with Jesus. Listen, every few years, a story comes out of another preacher who has built a fantastic ministry that is blessing people all over the world and they're caught in some horrible scandal it besmirches the christian faith and it makes christians look terrible i know but why do you think that happens they're confusing their gifts with fruit you know what god wants from us he wants fruitfulness from us That's what he wants more than anything else. 1 Corinthians 13, it's that passage that people read at weddings and don't really think about how terrifying it is. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, which is the fruit of the Spirit, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, okay, I'm the smartest man in the world. And if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. Listen to this. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my bodies to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. If I am the most generous person on the planet and I even martyr my own life for the sake of the cause, but I have not love, am not bearing fruit, it means beans all. What do you think is more important to God? Fruit. Why? 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 Why is fruit so important? Because fruit, friends, is the result of being something. Huh? Well, think about this. Apples. Where do apples come from? Apple trees. They don't come from peach trees. They don't come from lemon trees. They come from apple trees. It's only an apple tree that can bear an apple. And what Paul is saying is, is that these fruit are born out of what you are. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I am washed in his blood. I am a child of God. And therefore, I will inevitably bear this fruit. Look, you don't need to be a believer to be an incredible leader. You don't need to be a believer to be an incredible preacher. But You need to be a believer to bear the fruit of the Spirit. How do you you grow in joy? Do you say to yourself, be more joyful? Do you read a book on being better at joy? No, right? You can do that for administration. How do I become a better administrator? Well, I read a book and it tells me these techniques and these things and then I do them. If I want to grow in joy, what I need to do is I need to contemplate the character of God. I need to think about Christ's sacrifice for me and have, have that kindle joy in my heart. Do you understand? Just like when you're trying to feed a tree to make apples, you don't tape apples to it and, and hope that it starts growing apples that way. No, you water the tree, you fertilize the tree, and then it bears fruit. You get what I'm saying? Last thing. Last thing. Growth in the... Hold on. Developing Christian character by use of this metaphor, de, uh, Paul is demonstrating that fruit is meant to be shared. I was talking to Jessica about this the other day, trying to explain it to her, and she said, I sounded new agey, so I'm going to I'm gonna try to not sound new agey as I explain it to you. Why does a tree bear fruit? I know probably, like, there's the whole propagate the species so that there's more, more trees. I get that, but what's the... What's the good of the fruit? What's the the fruit good for? It feeds, right? It feeds us. And in the same way, as you bear fruit, it's meant to bless and to nourish others. Your love, your joy, your peace, patience, kindness, goodness, those things are meant for the people around you, for the people in your lives, okay? Think about this. A faithful friend. One of the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. If you are a faithful friend, what does that mean? That means that you are constant. That means that you are dependent. Or sorry, dependable. That you are loyal. And that you are courageous. Courageous. Okay, so you are there to support your friend through times of trouble. You're not just a fair weather friend that when things are going well in their lives and they're a lot of fun to be around, you hang out with them. But then when their lives suck and they're really depressing and they're not much fun to be around, they can't get a hold of you on the phone. No, you're dependable. You're there for them in those troubling times. But sometimes you also have to challenge them. You have to point out the things that they need to deal with in their lives because they are damaging. And when you are a faithful friend, when you're bearing that fruit in your relationship, they're strengthened. They're strengthened by your virtue, by your character, by you bearing fruit. So it's not meant to just be born for nothing. It's meant to be born for others. Okay, let me close with this. You know, that didn't sound too new agey, did it? Right? No, that made sense, right? Okay, good. John 15 Jesus is talking with his disciples in John chapter 15 and he's talking to them about bearing fruit and he says something remarkable. He says to them, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, I will, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Hear that? Jerry Bridges says this, he says, the fruit of the Spirit is fundamentally relational. Rather than originating with us, it flows to us from our union with Christ and it flows beyond us to bring us into fellowship with others. You hear that? The secret to bearing fruit is not concentrating on the fruit. It's not spending all your time looking for it. It's not all spending all your time navel-gazing and going, I'm not a very patient person. Why am I not a very patient person? Yeah, go ahead and analyze yourself once in a while. That's fine. But don't depend on your fruit. Rather, turn your focus always to Jesus and root yourself deeper in Him. See His grace. See His love. See His mercy. See His power all at work and all deployed for you. There's a place where Jesus says that, that when a seed falls to the ground and it dies, then it bears fruit to reap a harvest. Well, Jesus is the seed that fell to the ground and died. We're coming up to Good Friday. See him, the good seed, dying for you in your place. And as that melts your heart, as that, that is planted in your heart, as, as, as you believe that deep in your heart, you will begin to bear fruit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word, which has a depth to it that uh, is just beyond our understanding and our, our, our expectation. Even as we uh, unpack just one phrase, the fruit of the Spirit, we see that there is a richness to it beyond what we could expect and we pray father that uh, you will help us to not only understand what you're saying to us but also apply what you're saying to us we want to bear fruit we want to have love like you have to have joy like you have to have peace like you have and patience like you have we long for these things and so we look to our savior and we trust that as we look at him And as he becomes more lovely to us, we will begin to be more like him and more lovely as well. In his name we pray, amen.